Welcome to the Beards and Bible Podcast, a podcast that brings together a love for good beer and Bible discussion. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. In the words of the reformer Martin Luther, whoever drinks beer, he is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus let us drink beer. So let's join our hosts Rick and Patrick for this week's discussion. Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, episode number two. I'm your host, Rick. And I'm your other host, Patrick. And we are glad to be with you today. We hope you enjoyed episode one and our overview of what the Bible actually teaches about alcohol and the consumption of alcohol. And we hope you found that article instructive. Um, it's just our view. It's the view that we take. And, and if you have a different view, man, that's awesome. We hope you still enjoyed our discussion uh, and we hope you'll be back again this week. And if you're listening, then you are back this week. So welcome. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> we're here. So we're going in this week, and we're going to start uh, with our beer of the week. And this week, we have stumbled across a beer called Dragon's Milk. And I did not cheat this week because I couldn't. It's not possible. We literally picked this up on the way in to record this this episode. Yep. So. So uh, about Dragon's Milk, it is a, a bourbon barrel-aged stout from the New Holland Brewing Company in uh, Michigan, in Holland, Michigan. Holland, Michigan. Um, this, this stuff is going to be very stout as its alcohol val- uh, volume is 11%. 11%. So if we start... <laughs> if my um, speech starts getting slurred. <laughs> yeah, if, if we start having some... Um, misspoken words or whatever, you will know why. You'll know what's going on. Um, so yeah. So there you go. New Holland was founded in 1997, and we did scope out a little bit and New found to out the game. This was this specific brew was was started and started being bottled in 2001. So this one is almost 20 years old. Man, we should have saved it for the 20 year anniversary. This one, one is almost old enough to drink itself. <laughs> it's true. It's not even old enough to drink. See, New Holland, uh, your dragon's milk can't drink itself. Because legally, it's not it's uh, illegal. The dragon can't drink its milk. Okay, this is that was weird. bad. <laughs> so An- here we another go. another beer with a weird word in it. Last week we had the the nut the, ale from Southern Pecan. We've yep. got dragon's milk this week. So we got dragon's milk. Mm. I'm not gonna lie that uh that smells good from the get go. This week we uh we got we got glasses. We're gonna pour them up in glasses because a stout beer is always better when it's poured in a glass. That looks pretty tasty. Smells really good too. I'm pretty excited about this guy. I've never I'm typically not a a stout drinker. I don't just go out and buy a stout. Uh so this is gonna be a, a new experiment for me. Ooh. Rick, are you like me where you just kinda buy the same like two or three different kinds of beers whenever you go? How uh yeah. how fast is your repertoire there? Like four beers. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much the same. So this is an exercise uh, for us to also try new things because I typically, you know, last week we discussed how we're not going to do any of the big box. You know, we're not going to do Budweiser, Miller Lite, or um, any of those big ones. Yes. We're not going to review those because 
we expect a lot of people to have already had those for themselves. So we're going to try new things ourselves and then also hopefully encourage you to try them as well. Yes, because that's what life is about, trying new things, right? That's what they say. And that's what they say. (laughs) And uh, you turn that off. (laughs) I did turn that off. (laughs) Somebody didn't catch that. My phone just started ringing in the background, so it'll be okay. We might cut that out. We might leave it in for fun. Whoever's calling Rick, stop it. We're doing a thing. (laughs) Stop it. All right, so here we go. Without further ado, on our Luther scale of one to five, here is the New Holland Dragon's Milk Bourbon Barrel Aged Stout. That is most definitely stout. Oh yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. So, so your initial rating here? I'm I'm gonna start, man, and and I'm not a stout guy, but that's I'm I'm gonna give it four. I'm gonna give it four. It might be a four and a half. I, I think I'm gonna start at a four. Um, we might come back to that. You know, when the glass is empty, see how we're feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're having a good time, it might be closer to a five, but might be closer. Initial initial thought right here is just a four for me. Uh, yeah. Again, also well, not a stout guy. Okay, so we last week we we said what is a one? We we described a one as basically being natty light. So we've established a one is a natty light. What's a five gonna be? Um, on on my experience, I'm not sure I could give you an example. Don't, don't know of how to give an example is. of yeah. a five. I'll say I'll say one of my favorites. All right, so just so you know, um, I am more of a darker, darker beer drinking guy. I'm not a huge fan of like IPAs. It's definitely not my go-to to buy an IPA or something pale. So I'm going to be in the vein of your Dos Equis, your Yinglings, that kind of stuff. So most of the time, the darker the better for me, and I typically like darkers. Um, so that's, I would say, something that is dark has a higher tendency to get a five from me than something that is light. I hear you. So that's just, that's just where, where I, so just so you know, our biases on rating these, these beers and what we really want you to do is go out and try it for yourself. That's really the only reason we've made up this, uh, extremely sophisticated rating system is so that you'll hear it from two guys. What beer may or may not be good so that you will go, and try it and either go, those guys don't know what they're talking about, or those guys don't know what they're talking about. Did you mean to say don't both times? Yes, I did. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's... Because uh, it we is, really don't know what we're talking we don't. about. We're, like we said, we're not beer connoisseurs at all. Um, it is... I think it's better than the Southern Pecan from last week. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's, it's, it's heavier. This is not something that, like, the Southern Pecan was something that I would drink after cutting the grass or while eating a hamburger which coincidentally did you drink it immediately after cutting the grass last week possibly i may or may not have cut my grass last week which is why i used that analogy (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i would say this is better than the southern pecan we had a week ago yeah Um, this is gonna be this is gonna be something that i sit down and like enjoy with several of my friends yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't drink this uh all at once either no because this is not a chugger it's not a chugger you're gonna drink it slow you're gonna sip it um possibly enjoy it maybe with something like a fine cigar or a a nice pipe something like that yeah. would be would be enjoyable that'd be, that'd be a good addition to this whole 
Shebang that would here. be. That would be. So there we have the uh, the dragon's milk. It gets initially for right now at the start of the podcast. It's getting four Luthers, and as we go on, because the few times I've sipped it, it's I think it's already inching its way for me up to a four and a half. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much at four and a half already as so, well. So so we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and call this one and say it's a four and a half stars. So Luthers, New Holland Luthers. <sighs> Four and a half Luthers. Four and a half Luthers. Everybody uses stars. Why do I? Why do I always say stars? I don't know. Because four and a half. Them. Four and a half Luthers. It'll probably take ten episodes for us to get that down. Probably, or you're not wrong. So you're not wrong. So um, also no milk. So if you're lactose intolerant, you can enjoy this one. True story. No milk, no dragon. Not a milk stout. It'd be cool if it came with like a little toy dragon that would like be. attached to the top. As expensive as it is, it probably should. Yes, it is a little bit. So, so it's you, a little you bit. Kind, pricey. You kind of explained what your five Luther's beer would be. Yes, what's your five Luther beer? Um, so I have a different strategy for uh, purchasing beer. Um, I get whatever I can afford. So a lot of times that's going to be like your Budweiser, your your Reds, your uh, you know your Bud Light. Reds is lines. good stuff. Reds, like Reds is good. Um, so, like I said, my my beer palette is not very wide or uh detailed at all i will say the worst beer i've ever had i was at a venue i will not name Nat, it natty light not natty light actually I've, i don't think i've ever had it i don't think i have either which is so last episode we were a little hard on natty light if you drink natty light and you're back again this week thank you thanks for giving us a thanks second for giving chance us another chance that's what um, grace is all about is second that's right ch- chances that's right but but we we may have been a little hard on Natty Light last week, but we're, we just don't like it. We're still not going to try it. It's just, still it's still a one star beer. If in you our can book. get a twenty four pack for like nine dollars, it's probably not very good. <laughs> that's that's a good rule of thumb when it comes yeah. to beer purchasing. So so yeah, the worst beer I've ever had. Um, I was at a concert venue, and uh, at the bar they had um, not a very wide selection, and I just picked whichever one, and it was I believe it was Miller. Miller Lite, yeah, Miller's in a, in a plastic cup, and it Ooh. was very watered down. Very, it's by it, the time that they, was that might have been zero Luthers actually. Like by the time they hand it to you, the cup's already sweating so bad that yeah. the beer's so watered down. Yeah, yeah, that might have been zero <laughs> Luthers for me. But uh, to be fair, part of that might have been because of the venue. Maybe so. That might have been. It might have been because Miller Lite air quotes <laughs> that I did that you you can't see if you're listening. Yes. So anyway, yeah. So that's probably that's the worst beer I've ever had. Yeah, I will say I've had I have had the the most common hipster beer, which is Paps Blue Ribbon, commonly referred to as PBR. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. PBR. You hear people talking about PBR? It's Paps Blue Ribbon, and ironically, that is not a bad beer for like six dollars a dozen. It's really I'll not. I'll have to try it. It's not terrible. It's not great. And if I'm looking for like a mediocre beer experience, is that what I'm yeah, going for? Yeah, if you're looking like you're on the run and you just need to have one beer before you do something or you just got to have a quick one, PBR is the way to go. Hmm. But you're sitting down to dinner, you're having like a Dos Equis or a Yingling or a something of that sort, something yeah. for me at least. Yeah, my, go, least. my go-to is typically just Budweiser. Yeah, okay, that's, that's fair enough. what the local gas station I go to that's fair has enough. in stock all the time. So, New Holland, we like your dragon's milk. We got four and a half uh, Luthers. Currently four and a half. 
four and a half Luthers going on. It's good stuff. We'll check back in at the end of the episode. Probably not something I'm going to go out and buy every single day because because of the cost. But but uh, we like it. We think you did a great job. Yeah, excellent job bottling it. It looks really good. That's uh, some things people don't talk about. They, the the packaging. Like that could really make and break if you're going to buy a beer. Oh, for sure. That's I mean, because that is all that we're using to pretty <laughs> to just determine what beer we're going to try. This, does that look good? Yeah, it does. Okay, yeah, let's try. A, it. This is a manly bottle. It's a got a dragon on it, and I like, think those scales. are dragon uh, dragon There's scales up scales there. Scales on it. Yeah, real simple text, nice and bold. I like it. Yeah, they were established in 1997, so it has when the brewery was established. Gives you a title of the of the beer with what it is in the title. That's what I, I I don't like the beers and I tend to stray away from the beers where you're like, you read the title and you're like, I don't know what that is. I don't know if I'm going to like that. And then you have to turn the can around or the bottle around and read it. And you're like, oh, it's made from strawberries and fajita mix. And you're like, that sounds disgusting. Fajita mix? <laughs> you never what know. What beer you've been looking at? <laughs> you never know what you're going to come into. Um, so that's, uh, that's Dragon's Milk from, uh, from New Holland and it is four and a half Luthers so far. We, we may revisit that at the end of the episode, uh, and come back to it, but, but welcome again to the Beers and Bible. You have heard our beer review and now we're going to move on to the second section. We're going to discuss the Bible. So this week, we are going to pick up, and we're not going to talk about the Bible and alcoholic beverages because we did that last week, but we're going yeah, to... we hashed that out pretty well. <laughs> we beat that dead horse we, the, over the, and over. The horse is dead. We killed it again. And so what are we going to do? How are we going to talk about the Bible consistently every week? Well, this week, we're going to start with a book, and we're just going to work our way through this book. Um, and it's a, it's a good book. I've read it before. I read it a long, long time ago. Um, and it's just a really good, uh, shortened summary. So you always like, when you think about people who do theology, you always see the people with like those seven inch tall books and, and they're, you know, like you think of like Calvin's Institutes is two volumes. It's like a thousand pages or something crazy like that. And you just go, I don't have time to read all that. I don't have to have time to understand it. So what can we do to make theology a little bit more understandable? How can we bring theology down while still, uh, holding on to the deep truths that theology brings us. So we're going to take a book, and this book is called Concise Theology by a guy named J.I. Packer, and we're just going to work through his uh, his book. And this week we're going to pick up, we're going to do four, the first four topics. We're going to talk about general revelation, then we're going to talk about special revelation, then we're going to talk about interpretation, and we're going to talk about guilt. So each one of these relates to God as he has revealed himself as the creator of the world. And this is how J.I. Packer starts his book. Um, he's going to do it in a little bit different order than we do, um, but we're going to go through this because because uh, I think this makes a little bit more sense uh, the way that we're going to do it because we're kind of we're going to kind of go from the big and we're going to break it down all the way down to how does it apply to man? That's going to be when we talk about guilt. So we're going to start with uh, with general revelation, and general revelation is essentially God's reality or God's revelation to all of mankind. Okay, uh, Psalm nineteen one says, "The heavens declare the glory of God, 
and and then Romans one it says that the things that were uh, made known to every man they have been made plain to you you have rejected them uh, so we're going to get into that in just a minute but that is what uh, general revelation is it's God's world um, he has created it he has revealed himself as creator by creating the world right and and I think you can look at the world around you and know that there is a creator there there's so much in nature so much in the world and the universe that um reveals the existence of a creator whether you believe that to be god or um that's just what we personally believe and what we've experienced in our lives um or i I don't think you can look at the world around you and and say that there is not a creator yeah, you. I mean, Charles Darwin tried to. Um, he tried to say that that everything happened through evolution, and and there's people who say um, they they would hold to a view called theistic evolution, and and it just to me that that view. While I, I understand their their ideas and and understand why they're taking that position, um, I just don't see that in in scripture. I don't see where God has has told us through His scripture that that's the way he brought the world into 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 being and i mean Gen- genesis 1 1 specifically says in the beginning god created right. it doesn't say in the beginning god pushed these two things together and then out of that became all these little uh cells that formed into other cells that formed into animals that formed into other animals that formed into and, and it doesn't and right. and and so it just that doesn't make sense. Right, because last week we discussed that the Bible says what it means, it means what it says. And when the Bible says on the first day God created the heavens and the earth, then guess what? That means on day one God created the heavens yeah. and the earth. And that's day one in our time. We we will discuss at some point, I'm sure, um, how time is not a construct to God, how he doesn't True. exist in time, um, which is kind of difficult to wrap your mind around if you it try. Is. So um, God being eternal and all that. Yeah, he's eternal. He has no beginning or yeah. end. John John one one kind of talks about that when it says, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God." So you got right talking about Jesus, and they're saying that that they were in the beginning, and then you skip down to verse three, and it says, "Through him all things were created." So you have nothing before the creation of the world, but you still have God. And so if you say, if you hold that time is not eternal which is what I would hold. Time is not that that time was part of creation, that when creation came into existence, time came into existence. Mm, Then you have, you have God being outside of time is really what you have. And time is a creation of God and it's creation from God. Hmm. So interesting thought there. So that's, that's general revelation. Uh, Patrick, why don't you take us on into special revelation? Yeah. So special revelation, um, Packer just says that it is that, Scripture is literally the word of God um, that uh, nobody could possibly know the truth about God or be able to relate to him in any way had God not made himself known to man um, you know, on his own. Um, Psalm 119, 105 says that thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Um, you know, God, God's word is our guide. God's word is our compass, so to speak. And so, yeah, I, you know, thoughts. So, so most of the time when we talk about special revelation, we're, we're specifically talking about the Bible. Um, and that is God's word written to us in, in, in modern day times. Um, 
but it's also important to to recognize that Jesus is the conclusion of the special revelation of God. So uh, going back to John chapter one, when you get down to verse fourteen of his of his introduction of his prologue, you have uh, you have John writing, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So that was kind of like the conclusion of everything that had been written in the Old Testament, saying that a Messiah was going to come. A Messiah was on the way, and this Messiah was going to bring redemption for all of, at the time, Israel, but even more than Israel, he was going to bring redemption for all of mankind. And so you end up with the special revelation being, yes, the words that are recorded, and also the person of Jesus, which uh, which we will talk about consistently being the person of Christ. Scripture points to all of the Old Testament points to Christ, all of the New Testament points to Christ. Um, and therefore, Christ is the central figure or the central revelation of the person of God. Right. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the idea behind special revelation. Now, uh, I think it's important to make a, a a quick distinction and then and then talk about how this how the Bible relates these relates these together. So, um, general revelation is enough, and we're gonna we're gonna hit on this in just a second when we talk about guilt. But general revelation is enough for us to know that there is a Creator. But it's not enough revelation for us to come to a salvific knowledge or a salvation knowledge of that creator. Okay, so general general revelation is uh, God revealing God revealing Himself. Special revelation is God allowing us to come into relationship with exactly, Him. Exactly, exactly. So that's there's a there's a difference between those two types of revelation and the way that we learn about. God as a how he relates to earth and how we learn about our need for a savior and our need for a redeemer is through special revelation through the person of Christ and in 2 Timothy 3:16 Patrick give us that one. Yeah, so 2 Timothy 3:16 just says that uh, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. Um and you know again Bible says what it means. All scripture is God-breathed. So all from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation Every single word is inspired by God. God inspired men to write these words down, to pass on to future generations of believers, to have a guideline and have a uh, have a way to know Jesus, know God in a very personal way. Right, and so that's how we that's how we know that we have a need for a savior, and we we need to be in Christ in order to be reconciled back to God. And so that's the that's the kind of key difference between general revelation and special revelation. Now, as we go into uh, special revelation or we think about special revelation, we have to learn how to uh, what we what we would say interpret uh, the Bible. And and you you've heard I'm sure you probably have heard somebody at some time say um, you know don't judge or or something like that, and they're using a wrong interpretation of Scripture. Okay. Now, when we talk about interpreting the Bible, when we talk about um, understanding the Bible, uh, there there needs to be a key difference between interpretation and application. There, uh, there is only one interpretation for a specific text. Yes. That, okay. Yeah, I, the, I'm on board with that. Okay. So there's one interpretation. Now there could be multiple applications according to your context. Uh, yes. Okay. But you have to you have to apply it according to the interpretation. That, yes. Okay. So, so when we talk about interpretation, we're talking about it's a it's a big fancy word, and it's called hermeneutics. The way that you interpret the Bible, the the lens through which you interpret the Bible. 
Um, so, so when we talk about interpretation, we would say, um, we would say that the way that we can understand the Bible is through the Holy Spirit. And, and, mm-hmm. and that is the Holy Spirit is what helps us to understand what the Bible is, is trying to teach right here. And, and there's a lot involved with, with all of that. Right. That, that we're not going to dive really deep into, but, but just know that we, as Christians, we have to rely on the Holy Spirit to, to help us understand, to give us the reasoning to that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, you know, each book wasn't written in code. That, um, yes. So, so the, the Bible was written in a way that would be understood uh, by the people to... Uh, Wait, hang on, hang on. So you mean that book, The Bible Code, isn't isn't real? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> probably not accurate representation of what the Bible says. No, but it was written to a specific people group or specific uh, people at a specific time in mm-hmm. history for a specific search, uh, situation. Yes. And you can't pluck verses, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11 gets taken out of context all the time. You know, but I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans, also, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Is Jeremiah the exile one too? Yeah, he's in yeah. exile and he's probably in prison. <laughs> yeah, so unless you are also in exile slash prison, don't be using Jeremiah twenty nine eleven as your life verse. Um, Philippians four thirteen. Oh, but hey, hey, Philippians four thirteen helped me win that football game in high school. You know, it helped uh, the other team lose that football game too because they were <laughs> claiming the same Bible verse. We would, I vividly remember those high school days claiming. Philippians four thirteen. Let me be perfectly honest. I did not play football in high school. <laughs> no, there you go. So, but, but yeah. So you know, the scripture was written to a specific people at a specific time, and it is interpreted one way. Yeah, and part of hermeneutics is understanding the context in which it was written because you can't you can't take something that was written to Jeremiah when he's in exile and directly apply it to America you know, some 2,500, 3,000 years later and say that, that it's the same context. That's not even close to or remotely the same context. And so you end up, you have to understand it in its context. And that's why people say uh, when you read the Bible, you have to read it in context. Well, it's not just about reading it in the text. It's about reading it and understanding why it was written, how it was written, to who it was written, who wrote it, Right, all of that kind of stuff has to be done. Yeah, I've heard it taught that uh, if you want to get a uh, better understanding of what a verse means or what a ver- you know, how to interpret a verse, um, don't just read the one verse. Read like the chapter before it, the chapter that it's in, the chapter after it, uh, who's the book written by, who's the book written to, um, just to get a better understanding of what these verses mean. Yeah, and and I would even go as far as, as I think I think every Christian should have uh, a reader's Bible. So a reader's Bible, and, and and I may shock some people with this one, but the the actual verse numbers and the chapter numbers and and the chapter distinctions are not in the Bible. Oh yeah, that that's the one that reads like a novel, right? Yeah, yeah. So so when we talk about the the chapter verses not being in there and and all that, the reader's Bible is going to be just the text. And, and if you get a copy of just the text and you start reading it like it's a novel or like it's a book and you read an entire letter, that's why I always encourage people when they sit down to read, even if they're just reading for their quiet time, don't just read one or two chapters unless you're reading like a specific, unless you're reading through the story, like the histories or something like that. And you have good little stopping points. Um, but read them like a, like you would read a novel, read the whole 
book of Ephesians all the way through so that you can understand Paul's argument to the church in Ephesus. Read the whole gospel of John so that when you get to the end of John and you see him saying, uh, you know, I have written all of these things. I have, and he even tells you he didn't record everything, but he, he wrote all of these things so that we would believe that Jesus is the Christ and we can have life in his name. So you, you, in order to understand John's argument for why we should believe in the Christ and have life in his name, you can't just read two or three verses or two or three chapters from John. You have to read the whole book of John. And that's going to help you understand and be able to interpret John for what he is saying. Does right. that make sense? Yeah, because you need to have a clear in understanding of what the interpretation is before you try to apply it to your life. Yes, and 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 a lot of times we'll talk about what's called um, it's called the rule of faith or the the analogy of faith. Uh, I think is what is what uh, Packer calls it, where you use scripture to interpret scripture. Okay, so we if we believe in, and I'm a, I'm gonna use another big word. If we believe in the perspicuity of scripture. Okay, that all of Scripture is is united, that all of Scripture is together, um, and then then we would use, and so when you end up with, um, and this this is my favorite example. So like in John one one, because this is the biggest translation difference. A Jehovah's Witness translates John one one as in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. So right. so that they basically have lessened Christ from God down to this like angel type person. Right. Also known as Arianism, also known as heresy. Yeah. So one little letter, the word A, takes Jesus from being Jesus incarnate, Jesus, uh, God in part of the Trinity, one third, you know, I don't want to say one third of the Trinity because that's modalism. But (laughs) but, we're going to just be wrought with heresy now. Cool. (laughs) But you have Jesus who is fully God and they lessen him down to this like Jesus who is just a god he's just like another angel or he's just like you know michael the archangel and he goes and like swings a sword around and stuff yeah and so there's really no difference between jesus and all these elements so then you you run the logic out and you end up saying well jesus can't pay for our sins because god incarnate didn't come down like was promised in the old testament and 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 just from one little letter change and so so what so why did the jehovah's witnesses no mormon no, it's Jehovah's Witnesses. Jehovah's Witnesses. I yeah. can't keep them straight. Um, <laughs> now, the the Mormons don't believe Jesus was God either, but they okay, believe for So why reason. does the Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, why is their translation so different? Because they don't know Greek. Okay, cool. <laughs> they, neither well, do I, but... Yeah, you know. they, they essentially, they, they don't understand the, the structure of the Greek right there and what he's saying. Instead of saying um, the word, he says the word was God, It's and, and it's either saying the word was God or God was the word. Um, the way the the Greek structure is there, the, because of because of linking verbs, and and I'm not going to go into all that, but yes, the Jehovah's Witnesses are wrong to translate it. God was or Jesus was the word was a God. That's that's an incorrect translation um, that doesn't doesn't deserve the the word a being put in there. So, but we spend so much time talking about interpretation because it's going to bring us to our fourth topic for for today, and this is where we're going to going to going to kind of close it out. Um, when we talk about the effect of general revelation and specifically the effect of, of special revelation even more so. Um, but give us give us this fourth topic when we talk about the effects of general revelation in, our, in the lives of man. So so after we've um, you know we've experienced God, we have um, you know, we, we've realized our need for him, um, we, we're going to experience guilt. 
that's the, that's the fourth topic here that uh, Packer unpacks a little bit. Um, it is the effect of general revelation is is going to be guilt. Um, you know, scripture assumes all throughout it, and then also uh, experience confirms this that uh, we as humans we're inclined to some form of religion, um, and yet we constantly fail to worship. Yeah, our Creator, and and I think it. I mean, I think it's important to note that that anytime uh, the Word of God or the Bible or the person of Jesus has not been introduced to a society, that society has always, almost, I want to say it's a hundred percent of the time, ended up worshiping either a plurality of gods. They think everything. You end up in like this pantheistic view of everything is a god. Mm-hmm. Or they completely reject the idea of God at all, like atheism. So it's like right. it's almost this two polar opposites of of either there is no God, which the Bible clearly says the fool says in his heart there is no God. So you have that, mm-hmm. and then you end up with well, everything's like those books are God, and that dirt is God, and that tree is God, and and you're worshiping the yeah. very creation instead of the Creator. Yeah, the scene. I have a the. A- picture in my mind is the scene from uh, I forget which Star Wars it is when C-3PO lands on the planet with the Ewoks and they worship C-3PO C-3. <laughs> and then they're going to and then they're going to uh, that's amazing um, I love C-3PO you know, yeah. sacrifice Han and Leia and Luke and whoever else is there I don't remember all the details but like they're going to sacrifice him for, sacrifice all them for C-3PO even though you know he's just this he's, random he's droid friends and he's like he's pretty much useless except for as an interpreter yeah so yeah, so so when we talk about the effects of this, we end up what we're talking about is the guilt of mankind, and and this is this goes back to um, what I said at the beginning with with the book of Romans, Romans chapter one, um, in verse nineteen, it says that God may be known plain to them uh, because God has made it plain to them. So uh, Paul there is talking about creation, and he's saying, "Hey, God laid it out. God made it plain for you, and you rejected it." And because you rejected it, I'm giving you over to the effects of your re- your rejection, which is um, what what some people would like to call uh, total depravity, or or the fact that our our nature is so broken, our nature and will are so bent that nothing within us wants to to be be in relation with God. And and Paul even later in Romans chapter three says. No one is good. No one is righteous. Um, and he's quoting from the psalmist. I think it's like Psalm 52. Um, and so he he quotes the psalmist. He's like, hey, nobody's good. Nobody's righteous. Nobody seeks after God. And he goes on this like really long diatribe of how terrible we are. And, and you're like, wow, thanks for that encouragement, Paul. I really, really appreciate that lifting, yeah, but, lifting up. But if you think about it, like Paul has a point, like if no one is righteous, um, think back to, the, to our parents, Adam and Eve, right? Which yes. I, I'm not a fan of when pastors say, you know, blame your parents, Adam and Eve. Like, yes, but no, they're not like literally my parents. But anyway, um, so, but but the thing back, they literally walked in the garden with God. Mm -hmm. They, they, you know, walked with him and talked with him and they still fell to this, to Satan's trap. They still fell into his, his trick to, you know, uh, you're God's holding something, withholding something from you. Yeah. And they, and they are the reason that, we needed Jesus. Yeah. So, so, um, what, what Patrick is hinting at here is, is what's talked about in Romans chapter five, where it says, uh, basically because of one man's sin, um, we're all rendered guilty and, and, and 
the the theological terminology here is the federal headship of Adam. So because Adam sinned, all of humanity is now now rendered guilty before God. Now also the the good news of that story and the the point that Paul makes at the end of that that chapter in verse in chapter five of Romans is that because of Christ, now we are we can be reconciled back to God and those who are in Christ, all of the people who are in Christ are reconciled back to God. So I think it's verse 12 says, so through one man's trespass, all were put into sin by one man's, uh, essentially, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but basically because of Christ, all can be, uh, all mankind has the ability to be reconciled back to God. Yeah. So, so that's what we talk about when we talk about guilt. Um, we are guilty because of Adam. We are in need of a savior. We are in need of a redeemer. Um, and, and, and that's where, that's where we're going to leave you today. We have discussed the topics of general revelation, special revelation, um, interpretation and guilt. And we have concluded that we all are in need of a savior, which is something that I think we should all hold tightly to, um, is the, is the grace that we have through Christ Jesus and through his sacrifice for us on the cross. Uh, anything else you want to add today? Um, this uh, dragon's milk is probably closer to a five now. Yeah, it's almost a five. We're we're just about done with this thing now, and it's 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 getting really good. So so we want to leave you with that, and we want to remind you to to leave us a five star review. Um, we want to remind you that on Instagram you can find us at Bible no beers and Bible underscore. I knew I'd get it wrong at beers and Bible underscore, mm-hmm. and our Twitter is beers and Bible. P1. Twitter picked that for us. We didn't really have a choice in that one. Yeah. That wasn't uh, smart enough. We will be starting to get more active on social media yes. at some point as well. As we as we get these posts going up, we, we want to have content that we can deliver to you guys. Um, and so we're going to be posting about our reviews and we're going to be posting about our episodes and random funny things that we see. So we hope you follow us there. Make sure to follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Um, and, and if you have thoughts or suggestions or want to suggest a beer to us, email us at beersandbiblepodcast at gmail.com. And we will look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, uh, thus let us drink beer, as Luther would say, right? Absolutely. Have because a great... Luther had it right. Yes, he did. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. 